Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. Uh, glad that you're, uh, you're joining me this Wednesday or whenever it is you're listening to this or watching this. I welcome you to the program. I got on my Cal Poly wrestling shirt and this goes out to one of my great fans out there, Kendall, who uh, is on the Cal Poly wrestling team and got me this jersey, so I'm wearing this in honor of you, my friend. I love you. And uh, anyway, uh, again, thanks for uh, joining me. I'm glad you're watching, listening. Uh, if you are watching on Facebook, then make sure you hit share and send this out to your friends, and they may like it, they may not like it, but at least get it out there. Uh, leave a, a comment. I read every comment. I don't respond to every comment. Some comments I'll uh, private message them because they just don't want to dialogue over, you know, Facebook. But I read every comment. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, man, I'm really thankful. Uh, make sure you leave a five star rating and write a review. That's uh, super uh, helpful. Um, so, uh, I've been thinking a lot about what I'm going to do over the next two, three, maybe four weeks. Um, I have been compiling on paper, on my computer, in my brain, um, kind of some thoughts on what I believe every man ought to know. Okay. I'm not saying that women should know them, but um, I've been thinking a lot about some kind of laying some things out in such a way that these these would be the top, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 passages in the scripture that every man needs to know and understand, okay? Need to know them, but you need to understand them. And the way I'm laying these out in my mind and thought about, you know, do I write a book about it, write something on it? Uh, I, 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 I'm going to package them in a way that if you were to know these top 5, 10, 15, 20 verses, you would also have a great understanding of the, the scriptures and what the scriptures are about and how you could give a hope for the defense, you know, hope for the uh, why you believe what you believe. Why, wh why are you a follower of Christ? Why are you a Christian? And, and the way I'm going to lay these out over the next few weeks, I think is going to be really important. And I think it'll be a huge blessing to you. And it'll help me even organize some things in my mind. So what I want to do is, is I, I I'm just entitling the, this, this next week or two or three or four verses every man needs to know and understand. Okay, and I think these are in order. This would be in the order that I think every man or woman should um, should know them. And I think it all begins in the beginning. And it all begins, which means it all begins with Genesis, right? Genesis chapter one. In fact, you got to go to the very first verse. I think every man, every person ought to know Genesis one one. Know it and understand it. That in the beginning, the Bible says. God created the heavens and the earth. If 
You as a man or a woman or certainly a believer, if you can't um, explain Genesis 1-1, then you're, you're going to be fumbling all throughout the scripture. Somebody could ask you a question about anything and you're just going to fumble and bumble around. Everybody needs to know Genesis 1-1 and they need to be able to explain Genesis 1-1. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything. And I talk about Genesis 1-1 all the time because I think it's absolutely critical that every man knows it and understands it. So when the Bible says that in the beginning, God created, it's a Latin phrase there called ex nihilio, out of nothing, God created everything. So we as believers, we believe that there was once a time when there was nothing apart from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? There was nothing. And out of nothing, God then created the stars and the moon and the sun and the galaxies. He's the one who out of nothing created the mountains and the oceans and the rivers. Out of nothing, he created trout and and sea bass and whales and sharks. Out of nothing, he created crows and hawks and eagles. Out of nothing, he created moles and, and gophers and snakes and, and porcupines. Out of nothing, God created roses and Gerber daisies. You, anything you can think of, God created it out of nothing. And by the way, Secular scientists believe the same thing. It's one of the few things I think that we as, well, no, that's not true. There's a lot of things that Christian scientists and secular scientists agree on. But one of the things we agree on is how it all began. We believe there was once a time when there was nothing. And secular scientists believe that there was a time when there was nothing. Where we, you know, disagree is what happened next. We believe that God, who who is all-powerful, all-knowing, created it all. Secular scientists don't know how you went from nothing to having, you know, everything. That's the one thing they can't explain. But they don't believe that an intelligent designer put it all together. They just believe that there was a time when there was nothing and then there was something. But we as Christians know very clearly that you can't get something out of nothing unless you're God. And so the first verse that I believe every Christian man needs to know and understand is Genesis 1-1, that in the beginning, God created everything. But I'm gonna get a little bit more specific with the second verse, okay? And that is Genesis 1-26, where it says that, God said, let us, quote, let us make man in our image. This is really, really uh, a weighty piece of um, scripture. You see, God created everything out of nothing. But when he created human life, when he created you, when he created me, we were created different than everything else. We were created in 
God's image. God created a bear, but not in his image. God created a whale, just not in his image. God created a worm, just not in his image. God created cockroaches, just not in his image. But when God created human life, it was different. It was actually made in the image of God, which is what gives human life um, dignity. Uh, we call it the sanctity of human life, right? It, intuitively, everybody knows that human life is just more weighty. It's more valuable than, than say, a fly. Okay, uh, uh, a fly, if you kill a fly with a fly swatter, you know, nobody cares. In fact, man, I'm all for killing flies. Killing a human being is different, isn't it? You know, if you can kill a, a cockroach and step on it, big deal, nobody cares. Human life is different. And it's supposed to be different because it's made in the very image of God. And so I believe that every man needs to understand that God created everything but that when he created, you know, human life, you, me, were created way, way different. We were cr created in God's image. The third verse that I think every Christian needs to know and understand is Genesis 2.15. And it says this, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend it and watch over it. Okay. So at this point in Genesis 2.15, uh, there's no Eve. Okay, Eve has not been created yet. Sin has not, not uh, entered into the equation of life. All you have on planet Earth is everything that God created out of nothing, ex nihilio, okay? And you have Adam, the first human being who was made in the very image of God. And we're told in Genesis 2.15 that God took the man, placed him in the Garden of Eden to do two things. And the first thing was to tend it, okay? That was what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to work in the garden and he was supposed to watch over it. In other words, take care of it. And I believe that those are the two things that every man is called to do. I think God is saying in that text, Genesis 2.15, and I actually have a, a little ministry I call G215. It's taken from Genesis 215. I think every man, this is our mandate. This is the biblical mandate that God has given every man, that we are to work. God wants us to work. That doesn't mean women can't work, but certainly every man is called to work, unless, of course, they can't because of some physical ailment or whatever. But if you are a man, God calls you to work. In fact, in the New Testament, God says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat, okay? So it's God's intention that every man work and that every man care. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to work. It could be working at our jobs, working in a career, whatever it is. Uh, it could be uh, working at our church. It could be wherever the work might be. And then caring, tending over things, tending over our families, tending over our church. You don't have to be an elder of a church or a deacon of a church or a pastor of a church to care about it and tend over it and watch it. And so here we have this incredible moment in Scripture where there's no sin, there's no Eve, and God 
says to the man, listen, I want you to work in the garden over there. I want you to take care of the garden over there. I want you to watch over the garden. I want you to tend over it. That's what I want you to do. Now, things are going to change because of sin. But I think Genesis 2.15 is a verse that every man needs to know and understand. Number four, you get to Genesis 3, and this is where everything's going to change. Everything's going to go haywire. So in Genesis chapter 3, it says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any trees in the garden? So obviously when you get to Genesis 3, Eve has been created, right? Uh, God takes a rib from Adam's side and creates the woman. And so we have Eve is, is here. What's super interesting is um, obviously Eve knows that you know, there's this tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. The question you have to ask yourself is, how does Eve know that? How does Eve know that she's not supposed to eat from that tree? Because when God gave that command, he gave it to Adam. Eve hadn't been created yet. The first Bible study in all the Bible is Adam and God talking and God says, don't eat from that tree over there. It's first Bible study, first command ever given. And here we have Eve who obviously knows they're not supposed to eat from the tree. How did she know? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. I think the second Bible study that ever happened in the history of human beings was Adam sat down with Eve and said, Eve, I need to tell you something. God told me we're not supposed to eat from that tree over there. And so the first Bible study was God sharing with Adam, don't eat from that tree. The second Bible study was Adam, the man now sharing with his wife, the woman, don't eat from that tree. But what happens? Satan shows up and here is his um, method of operandi. It hasn't changed in 6,000 years or whatever it is. Really, Eve? Did God really say what he said? There's putting the doubt in there. There's deception in there. Really? Come on, Eve. Did God really say that? Come on. You, you, you don't really believe. Maybe your husband got it wrong. Maybe he really didn't know what he was talking about. And I'll tell you what, today that's exactly how Satan works, at least most of the time. He'll say, really, really, did God really say that? Is the Bible really God's word? Did God really mean that? I mean, come on, aren't there all kinds of mistakes in the Bible? Come on now. You, you, you don't really believe all that stuff, do you? And so Satan works today just like he did in the garden. He's, he's out there to, to discredit the word of God. This is the truth. This is what God has left us. And Satan is still in the business of trying to discredit God and his word. And he's had uh, basically a lifetime to pull it off. He has his PhD in deceiving people, asking questions, making sure that, you know, there are people that are put into your lives, professors at colleges, biology teachers on high school campuses, wherever it is, there's always somebody who is going to say, really, come on, God didn't say that. I don't believe that. There's all kinds of errors in the Bible. You shouldn't follow that old book. That's dumb. That's crazy or whatever. 
And so the, the, the fourth verse that I think every man, Christian man, anybody really needs to know, Genesis 3, is that Satan is at work. We see him at work in the very first couple's lives. And guess what? He's at work today in your life, okay? Number five is Genesis 3, 6. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. And then you got three little words that changed the course of history and he ate. Man, unbelievable what take what the, the ramifications are of Genesis chapter 3. And in verse six, here we have the woman who's been deceived and she eats and then she gives some of that fruit. And we don't know what the fruit was. You know, was it an apple? I don't know, probably not, but we don't know what it was. The bottom line is she took the fruit, gave it to her husband. And I have to believe that all of the angels of heaven, you know, were all gathered around looking down in the garden at that moment thinking to themselves, what is this guy going to do? God Almighty has told him directly, don't eat that fruit. What will Adam do? And then it says, and he ate. Wow. Cataclysmic shift, you know, took place. Sin is now going to be a part of the equation of life. But I'll talk more about that next week. What I do want to talk about is this. Um, uh, it says here that when then she gave some to her husband who was with her. You see, when Eve ate the fruit, Adam was standing right there. And he does nothing. This is the first moment where we see a lack of male leadership uh, in Scripture. Adam knows, don't eat the fruit. He knows what God has said. He's shared that with his wife, and now his wife is about ready to eat the fruit. He's, he's, she's about ready to disobey God and his word. And instead of stepping up and saying, wait a minute, Eve, Give me that piece of fruit. You're not eating that fruit. God said, don't do that. It's going to mess things up. Instead of doing that, he just stood by, you know, twiddling his thumbs, and he did nothing. And not only did he do nothing, but then he takes the fruit. Eve was deceived, but he willingly disobeys God. This is a cataclysmic moment that's going to change everything. In fact, it is so cataclysmic, it has had an impact in your life today, all these years later, and it's had an impact in my life all these years later, and it's had, it will have an impact on our kids, their kids, our great-great-grandkids' lives forever. This changed the history of the world, what took place in Genesis chapter three, verse six. 
And it's in Genesis 3, 6 where we have an answer to the problem of evil. We know why there's cancer. We know why babies are born with defects. We know why there's rape and murder and pillage. We understand as believers why there's evil in the world. It's all because of what took place in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. We have a, an answer to the problem of evil. People may not like our answer, but we have it. We know why the world's all goofed up because the human heart is goofed up because of what took place here in Genesis chapter three, verse six. And it's an, an important passage for every man to understand because what took place in Genesis three, six impacts your life, guys. You now have to deal with this thing called sin. And so I'm gonna end right there. The, the, I'm, the, these were the, the, I gave you the first five. These are five verses every man ought to know and understand. Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-26, Genesis 2-15, Genesis 3-1, and Genesis 3-6, okay? And that'll kind of lay a foundation for the next five verses that we'll look at next week, Lord willing. Hey, once again, make sure you, uh, you know, give me a five-star rating <laughs> and leave a comment. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you, you know, get it out to your friends, share it out to your friends. And I'm just love all of you. We'll see you next Wednesday. Okay. Blessings.